Welcome to Dwelling Place. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you will experience God's goodness in your life today. Join us for House of His Presence Monday to Saturday from 6 to 7 p.m. for worship and prayer as we host His presence every day. And uh, so I, I've been uh, spending time with the Lord throughout their holidays and uh, been, been revisiting a lot of passages where they've been significant passages for me, for the church, uh, and didn't go anywhere new really as far as passages, but I went to a lot of scriptures where that were significant passages and remind them and dug through them and got a lot of fresh stuff. And so... Uh, that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to look at a lot of the stuff that's been things that we've done. And one of the older ones from way back is from Isaiah 56. So why don't you grab your Bible, go there if you have it. Isaiah uh, chapter 56, I'm going to read the eight verses there very quickly. And probably going to, going to do this again Monday and uh, look at it a bit because it's a significant passage. Isaiah 56, verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord, keep justice, do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls. So keep that, that, that verse in mind. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name, a name that's better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples." The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. Now we've been looking at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for a while before we left, and I know Pastor Jed was at some points as well. Um, just kind of not looking at that right now. We will in a couple days again, but um, this is a passage that, that I, I saw years ago, and I, and I called it the gathering principle. Um, and it's the gathering principle because it shows what happens when God builds a house or when we build with him the way he wants it, then what he'll do with it. In other words, if you build it, he will come. And if you build it and he comes, he will bring others with him. And we actually watched that <laughs> on, the, on, the, uh, on the holidays. If you build it, you know, he will come. He was being the father, actually, is it ruined it for you if you forgot it. But, um, but it's this house of prayer that God that I, that I, I think you can look at it and see. Here's how God builds a church. Here's how God's going to reach the nations 
through us. And, and so what I see here is the, the, the principles. I'm just going to quickly go through there because there's one specific one I want to release which really became significant for me. But first of all, the house of prayer should be first and foremost about God being there, obviously. I mean, if, if the house, if God's house is, is absent of him, I mean, if it's absence of his presence, then it's, you know, if we've lost the source of life, which is him, then, then you're never going to gather anything. It's, it's never going to amount to anything. And, and you, you go to Revelation chapter 3, and, and you have that picture of the church in Laodicea where he's knocking at the door. And if for some reason, over the years, religion took over and he was pushed out. Imagine that. You build a house, you take ownership, and eventually you get pushed out of your house. That's, that's in, in a lot of ways is what's happened till we see in, in, in this chapter 3 of Revelation, he's knocking on the door saying, let me back in. And, and I really believe we are in a season where the doors are being opened wide. And, and the church, as people are saying, God, we want you. Religion has, has failed us you know, drastically, and we need you back. And, and the church has failed to be a gathering place because he wasn't in it. And so the first thing, if you're going to have the gathering principle working, it's that he's there. And, and so uh, there's three things that I saw that this time looking through this chapter, which is about the house of prayer, which we, we I mean, we know it so well. But uh, the first thing is this, the house of prayer, when it's as it's supposed to be, when God's in the house and he's able to do what he wants, it's about restoration. And you look at that, I mean, these people that he describes there, the eunuchs, the foreigners, they're all people who needed restoration. They're going, I'm ruined. I've got nothing to offer. I'm going nowhere. I've got nothing to pass on my name, and, and, and on and on and on. And, and so he says, I'm going to restore those. I'm going to, I'm going to rebuild them. And, and, and you see that. So, so the house should always be about restoration. And sometimes we get tired when people come into the house and they go, you know, they're broken, and we're going, oh, man, another broken person? Well, yeah, that's where they're supposed to come, the church. You know, it's like a doctor going, another sick person. <laughs> How ludicrous. I don't want to see sick people. I'm tired of seeing sick people. Those are the ones who are supposed to come, the ones who are broken, the ones who are, and they're around. They're maybe not called eunuchs. They're maybe not called foreigners, but they're in our city. They're in our region, our country. And, and so the church has got to be about restoration. Secondly, the house of God, the house of prayer is meant to be a place of promotion. And I, and I never saw this until lately. Listen to this. Your name is supposed to be made great within his house. He says, I'm going to give you a name that's better than sons and daughters. I'm going to give you a great, I'm going to make your name great. And I never saw that before. He wants to promote his people. They come in broken, but he promotes them. Isn't that cool? He promotes them. He says, I'm going to make your name better than what you thought you needed. I'm going to give you a name, and, and he goes, and, 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 and your name is going to be made great. It's going to be a place of finding and coming into your destiny. And watch this. It's within the walls of the house of prayer that people will be established and then find their true significance and identity. I mean, I mean you, you read that. I haven't got time to break that down. But he's saying you're going to come in, and you're going to find a, you're going to find a name far greater, far more significant. Uh, he, he says, uh, you know, um, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I'll give an everlasting name. No one's going to cut that name off. You know, he, he, this, this is where you can, God's house, now I wish people would understand, is where you will find your significance. And, and so often people abandon God's house because it's not perfect. And, and, and 
they, they, they miss an opportunity to come into their destiny because it's within this house. He says you'll receive the name and, and, and the significance. Then the third thing, which I want to focus on really specifically now, uh, very quickly, is that this. Joy is meant to be the main characteristic of the house of God, the house of prayer. Joy. Celebration. And, and you know, I mean, when the move of God came in Toronto, I mean, one of the key things that happened was laughter. You know, um, obviously people lost joy in their own lives and, and, and laughter can strengthen you tremendously. But I see something even, even deeper than that. It's like the atmosphere of the house is supposed to be joy. And, and I was reading this, I'm going, wow. Like it's supposed to be joy. You're not supposed to come into a heaviness. No matter what's going on, there needs to be a cultivated atmosphere of joy that, that's within the house of God. He brings joy. He gives joy. But, but joy needs to be present. And, and I thought about that. I thought, wow. I think we've done church wrong a lot of times. Joy is supposed to be here. It's supposed to be part of everything. It's supposed to be part of, you know. And you look at Chris Volleson. I mean, he can hardly stop telling jokes when he's preaching. <laughs> he, can hardly, he can hardly contain himself from telling another joke and being funny, you know. Now, and I'm not saying that's the joy of the Lord, but, but there's supposed to be this lightness and this celebration of the house of God. When you come in, it's just you feel good. There needs to be this atmosphere of joy. When, when, when we move into worship, there's joy, there's celebration. When we move into anything, it's supposed to be the atmosphere of, of, of the house. And, and watch this. Joy is to be the primary element of the house of prayer. I mean, that was, that was significant. I'm going, Wow. I mean, that says a lot for us who are leading and, and moving. Joy is to be the primary element of the house of prayer. It must be the dominant feature because the fruit of the presence of God is joy. So if God's in the house, which we said is the first thing, then obviously joy needs to be there. If joy's not in the house, then we probably have a little bit of a problem. Because his presence produces joy. Not just joy, but the fullness of joy. The more presence, the more joy, the fullness of joy. So I ask a couple questions. How do we ensure that joy is in the house? Well, in his presence is fullness of joy. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist. His presence leads to joy. So go after his presence. You know, you, you go after his presence. Joy comes as a byproduct in his presence. You've, you've, made me know, you've, you've made known to me, the psalmist said, the path to life in your presence is fullness of joy. Eternal pleasures are in your right hand to be had. It's like, wow. So, so that means as a church, we need to pursue his presence as we've been doing. But that means the number one pursuit of his house should be his presence. And then joy is supposed to come. I'm going real fast, but there's lots. But why joy? Nehemiah said it. And this is interesting. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And you think about this, because we've been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus said, when the Spirit comes on you, and so I'm wrapping this together here. He, he said that when, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be witnesses. But you, you accompany that now with he's going, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's like if we don't have joy, we don't have strength. If we don't have joy, we don't have strength. Uh, another reason, the kingdom of God is, is peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not, not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Thirdly, in heaven right now, angels gather in a joyful assembly, is what Hebrews says. There's this joyful celebration. So why joy? Because it's the realm. It's the atmosphere of heaven. 
Um, so how do we respond to that? And that's where I started thinking about, okay, I'm the pastor. I'm the pastor. Pastor Jed's a pastor. How, how do we ensure that joy is in the house? Now, honestly, I mean, it's supposed, if, if it's supposed to be a house of joy, you know, and so obviously I thought of a couple of things. And number one, we need to guard the atmosphere of joy with everything that we have because the enemy would want to rob you of joy and rob you of peace. Because if he can do that, that's where you lose. If you can lose your joy and your peace, you, that's, he doesn't need to rob your home or anything. He just needs to take your joy and peace, and you've lost. We've got to guard it with everything we have. We have to ensure that joy comes. And the enemy will try to come and settle, sow seeds of things that are just going to undermine joy. We've got to guard that. We've got to be careful because it'll rob you of joy. And, and joy is the primary thing of the church. I, I'm, I'm going to be quick, but I, I think we need to structure ourselves to go after joy. I don't know what that looks like, honestly, but we have to structure ourselves so that joy can be released. You know, you get what you preach for. You know, if you start speaking about it and start releasing it, joy, you know, so we structure ourselves and make sure it's not being pushed away. And then finally... It must be one of the core values of the church. You know, and I've never, we haven't done this yet, said joy is a core value. But it has to be. The house of prayer is, is joy. God brings people there, makes them joyful. It has to be a core value where we say, if we don't have joy, then we've got to go back to the, to the drawing board and say, why don't we have joy? What's wrong? And go after, fix it so we have joy. Because joy is not something we do. It's a byproduct. So we can't create joy by telling jokes in church. And you get laughter for a little bit, but, but what's, what's robbing the joy? I know Bill Johnson has said this numbers of times. If I lose peace, I don't try to find peace in this moment. I go back to the place where I lost it and figure out what went wrong there and then move forward again. If we lost joy in the house, we've got to go back to where, because it's a byproduct. And a lot of people lose joy because they're outside the presence of God and, and they're pursuing whatever it is in their life, but they've left the presence or at least the manifest presence of God behind them in their pursuit, left him kind of behind, trailing behind, and then they've lost the joy and wonder why. Well, don't try to fix this moment. Go back to where you lost and you let him go. Build that again come back. Um, so, so for us as pastors, for us as leaders, for people in the church, it's a core value. That means we need to be people who speak life always, always, always guarding our tongue that I will always speak joy over you. I will speak life. I don't care what you're doing. I will speak life over you. If you're doing stupid things, well, you're, you, it doesn't help me to help you for me to speak them over you. You know, I need to call your desk just so that we live within an atmosphere where joy can thrive. And one last thing here. Um, I thought this was interesting because he says, I'm going to bring people to this house and I'm going to make them joyful. I'm going to give them joy. Depends on which version you read, how it's said. But he says this, it's for those who have done righteous. It's for those who have pursued the Sabbath. For those who've done all these things, those ones I will restore. Those ones I will give a great name. In other words, there are a lot of people who come in broken, but they aren't doing anything to be restored. God's actually looking for the ones who are trying to be restored and are, who, who, whose hearts are set after them. Those are the ones God says, I will build. I will give you a name. I will do this. He actually sees those who are looking and moving towards him. And, and it's not those who come in and say, I'm, I'm broken. Woe is me. I'm going to stay broken. They'll stay broken. 
But, it, but I, I never saw this before. Within this whole context of people being restored, he's looking for those who are trying to do what pleases him already. Bottom line is this, and there's so much more that can be mined from this, is that joy at the end of the day is supposed to permeate this house. And, and I, I saw that and I thought, okay, that's a core value we need to add to our stuff. That's a core value. It needs to go on our website, that joy. We're going to go after joy. You come in here, you're going you're gonna to find joy. You're going you're gonna to have a hard time not being a joyful person, at least when you're here, because it's going to get on you. Honestly, it needs to be a core value. That, that if he's going to bring joy, joy is, joy is the atmosphere of heaven. Joy is the, is the atmosphere in which the kingdom's all about. It is righteousness, peace, and joy as the Holy Spirit releases it. So I want to release that tonight. I want to release joy. I want to prophetically speak it. So for those of us tonight, we can just release it. So Father, tonight we just thank you that you are so good. You're a good Father and you have in mind good for us. You have in mind those things which are... Uh, uh, of your spirit, there's things that, God, you want to give to us in your spirit, Lord. For you said the kingdom of God's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so, therefore, we want this joy to be in the church, for your kingdom permeates the church. Father, we, we are not the church here. We are part of the church. We are, we are one segment. We are, we are one part of it, Lord God. We're not saying we're everything, God. But for that which we are, God, we want the joy. For that which you're given, we want the joy, Father. We, we want you to come in, and so we welcome you tonight. You're a good Father, and you have joy. And, you're, and, you're, and when your joy comes, it, the circumstances don't bring the joy. You do, and you become our strength. Amen. You become our strength, and so we welcome you to come tonight, Father. We want joy in our lives, but we need joy in this house. Father, dwelling place here in Niagara Falls, we want joy to permeate and be a core value to be the, the, the very depth of what, what goes on, that when people come in, even if they're in depression, even if they're in, 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 in a bad place in their life, Lord, there's something about the atmosphere that's here. It's not one moment where we find a, a, an hour of joy, but Father, it permeates my life. It permeates every pastor, every leader of God. It permeates the house and the atmosphere of the house and his joy, and everyone from outside, whether they be eunuchs spiritually or foreigners or anybody broken, Father, they would come in and find joy within your house. And Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit brings power when he comes upon us. And I thank you that, Lord, there's, there's, there's a company with that is joy. And joy becomes a strength. So we welcome that tonight. We welcome you, Father. Come. Holy Spirit, come. Rest upon our praises tonight. Rest upon our praises. Rest upon our praises, Father. Rest upon all that we offer you in worship tonight, Lord. Rest upon our, our hearts and our thoughts and our minds, oh God, as, as we reach towards you, Father. We, we look to you today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your joy. We welcome it to come. We welcome your joy to come into the house, oh God. We, we welcome your joy to come into this house, oh God. We say, come. Come.